Scunthorpe United have lost 4-0 at home to Exeter City this afternoon. Love it. Good evening, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us for today's DN35 podcast. We have got a raft of games to get through, so we will waste no time. I'm joined by the wonderfully effervescent Tom. How are you? I'm very good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Bruce is joining us just fresh from his bath. Good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Getting his bath in before Antiques Roadshow and all that. I got all clean, and then I had to retrieve half a half a dead mouse from the cat. So I had to <laughs> I had to sort of wash half my body again because it had blood splats on it. We had um we it was Leanne's birthday last week, and so we did a um, barbecue. We pulled the barbecue away, and there was a decapitated squirrel underneath it that the cat had left for us. It's a lovely little surprise. <laughs> you took it on. Was it five second rule? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It did look more than five seconds. Uh, and Freddie has kindly joined us. The podcast crew have let you down this week. We haven't been to every game. So Freddie has joined us. Thank you so much for joining us. Long trips this week. Did you go to both Southend and Yeovil? Southend, sadly, one of the two games I've missed this year. So, But I went to Yeovil, thankfully. Well, you didn't miss anything. And we'll go on to <laughs> Southend in a bit. And, and Actually, I don't know how we do this, Tom. You should decide it because you're the man who keeps the positivity going. Do we want to do this chronologically by going from South End then on to Yeovil, or do you want to start with the freshest memory first and then me miser- make everyone miserable at the end? No, do South End first. It was shit. We were shit. It was absolute dog shit. Uh, it was nice to be at South End though. It felt like a league game for once. You know, not in front of Harrogate or whoever else we play. Um, 7,000 there. I didn't think there was. I've never been to Roots Hall before. Uh, but my God, it was so tepid. I think we had one shot on target all game. They hit the bar. They looked brighter. Uh, they had this one play where they were able to switch it to their number 24 who could just pull it out of the air, Kevin Donovan style, with his foot hanging in, goose-stepping it and then dragging it down. Um, we didn't create anything. Um, and it was pretty poor. And Bruce... You, we, we've had this conversation. The south, the southern lot, let you down. It was there was no atmosphere, absolutely none. There was none whatsoever to go by. Um, it was quite surprised. It was quite quite shame. Three hundred odd, three fifty, four hundred. I think were there. Um, it was yeah, a bit of a. It was a bit of a weird one. I didn't really like it at all. Um, I don't think we 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 did anything. I think Paul Hurst was exceptionally slow to make changes. Uh, as always, as is as always, is failing, and we should really talk about that at some point um, because it doesn't seem he learns from those mistakes. I understand that we're sort of light in the middle, but um, I don't know. They're a team on the up, and you can see why they wanted to play in a hurricane to play us because they've got their tails up, and you never know. They could be the team that are charging at the end. But I mean, that's all I can really say about Southend. They played pretty well. Um, it's just I don't I think size coming up saying we didn't have the final ball. I don't I don't agree. I don't even think we had the final ball. We don't have the penultimate ball. Um it was um 
it was it was a shame. But again, I will concede there was as we did. Um, <laughs> uh, the ball did flash across the goal again uh, and was missed by everybody. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't understand what the thought. It's the do you know what the late changes were the thing that that annoyed me. Effetti was at fault for the goal, so he essentially it started from a throw-in in front of us in the attack, like within the last 90 yards, like in, in sort of 10 yards to their goal line. He was slow to react and lost it. And then does does that thing that all players do, like flap their arms up in the air and instead of turning around and, and tracking back. And um, he was short a couple of yards and then made the tackle, which was a penalty. He can't deny it. Um, and and we went from there. But South End looks, especially in the first sort of 20 to 30 minutes, they look so much better than us. They attacked through the middle. They stretched us. They were aggressive. They played with a tempo. I don't think we, we certainly that day, we didn't play with any form of tempo. It was, it was all in all a complete wasted journey. And I very much enjoyed paying, what was it? 190 quid or whatever petrol is nowadays to go and watch us lose at South End. Uh, but they're going to happen. They're a team on the up. Um, but there was lessons to be learned. And lessons were learned, I guess. Uh, Freddie, was at Yeovil. Does anyone have any questions on South End first before we move on from that drip there? Okay, Bruce went first. Go on, Bruce. I'm just pleased we didn't do a midweek pod, mate. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, ple- I'm pleased that Tom's chosen that order and that because it, it sounded on the radio everything that you've described. It just sounded everything we've talked about um, against the bigger teams, um, or the, not the bigger teams, but the you know the teams that are better. Um, and that still seems to be the pattern, doesn't it? That we're we're we're, we're putting aside the, the mid table and below the ones that are sort of below the gap line. I know Southend are, are, are down there, but they're they're um, sort of booking that trend of form. They're going the other way. Um, so yeah, I'm really I'm really delighted that that we have got the next game to discuss as well. Because yeah, it would have been a bloody miserable midweek pod. It sounded it sounded awful. Yeah, absolutely, and I think we're we're far too reliant on McAtee and those. Th- we're 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 reliant on him to create the chance and then get on the end of it, which is a struggle even for him. He can't cross the ball and then get in to head it in. Uh, so I think that's one of our main problems. Um, Sousa looked. I, I know he's becoming a bit of a boo boy for some. He's just not. Just I don't know. What do we? What do we? Do, do, Bruce, Tom, Freddie, you guys see him more. Yeah, sorry, Tom. Yeah, I'll come in there. Um, I think oh, uh, <laughs> just with Sousa, all the sort of clips that you you see of Sousa and when you see him live is that he's really good on the ball. He's got the ability to beat two or three players at times. But then, for whatever reason, um, he's, he's just not always in the right place to, to make that killer pass or get a shot on target when he's got himself into a, a, a position having usually done like a brilliant bit of skill. Um, and I think I said that at the beginning of the season as well, that a, a friend of mine uh, from Cardiff was followed Darlington where we got him from and said that um, he was one of those players that will sort of thrill and infuriate in equal measure uh, and, and I think he's kind of lived up to that billing in, in many ways uh, I think it was the Dover game uh, where we sort of he got through and he blazed one over and he did that recently as well I can't remember who it was against um, all of then, the teams 
Yeah. But at least he's trying, at least he's getting in there. And that, unfortunately, is what you get with players in, in Division 5. You you get that inc- inconsistency. Uh, you, it's not um, like he hasn't been decisive in other games. He, he, he definitely has. Oh, I, I don't know. how. What's his goal total like this year? It's quite low, isn't it? It's two. I don't know what he his goal total but I think he, he definitely contributed to to goals and and us being um, dangerous on the attack, and he, he definitely causes problems for other teams. I don't think you can deny that. And whether or not he he scores lots of goals, the fact that he's dangerous and the other team have to think about him definitely makes him a threat. Um, and then I'll come on to the point about Hurst making late changes. I think I've certainly flagged that up before. Um, he I think does, everybody have, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, he does He does make substitutions late. He's answered a question on that this season on Radio Humberside. I think it was Tonda who put it to him. And he said the reason he does that is because he likes to give the players that started the game a chance to try and change it in the second half. Um, I think leaving it, uh, for example, 78 minutes like he did against Southend Spot on. <laughs> is quite a long time to give them a chance to change it. Um, you know, If it was me, I think I would give it 15 minutes. I'd leave it till 16 and at least the, the players that are coming on have got a genuine chance to get warmed up and get into the game. I think if you give people 10 minutes... You know, even 15 minutes, I, I don't really think they've got a genuine chance to get in the game. I think we've all played football. If you've played 11-a-side football, you don't get that many opportunities to really get on the ball um, and, and get chances. They are few and far between in competitive 11-a-side football, even 6-a-side football when you're playing competitive at any level. Um, so I think that's a tough one for the players coming on. But then... Um, Forgive me, I uh, can't pronounce his name. The the new player, he, he did come on off the bench and score. Desiree, Desiree, whatever I even say. And then the with French regard to the atmosphere, I am yeah. And then with regard to the atmosphere, I think this season it's been really easy to make a good atmosphere at home because we've won eleven games. It's easy to make a really good atmosphere when you win in our away form. Conversely, has been poor, um, and. Tuesday night, by the sounds of things, we didn't play great. And atmosphere is a organic thing. Like you make atmosphere when times are going well, and then when times aren't going so well, you tend to make atmosphere when there's a bit of siege mentality. So, for example, I remember I was playing. I think it was. Um, I can't remember. It was when Mike Newell was in charge, and we played someone at home and Llewellyn got sent off early in the first half and we ended up getting like a 2-0 lead but everyone was kind of incensed by the Llewellyn sending off and that really sort of charged up the atmosphere and we were doing really badly at the time and it was the fact that everybody was incensed by the sending off that got the atmosphere going rather than us playing well or people in the home crowd really being up for getting an atmosphere going. I think there were trigger points that actually get an atmosphere going rather than it just being brilliant at home, brilliant in a way, you know, I think it is quite a difficult one. I, do you know what? I agree to a point, and you're probably spot on with a lot of it. Because the game was, I think it's sometimes very hard to create an atmosphere when 
you're up against one man and his dog and there's you're at Dover and there's 300 people the other end of the pitch. When you're at South End though, and there's six and a half, seven thousand, and very similar to how they are at like Luton or Aldershot, they're kind of up against you, like the loud, rowdy bit. I'm quite surprised that didn't do it. But then there's also a point to be made, I guess. I think the clientele there was slightly older, people who maybe are retired or have the opportunity to to get that time off at short notice. While a lot of people didn't have the time to turn around and get that day off or or have the cash around to do so. I wonder if that helped it. But it's just it's it's something I think both in you and I and Tom have noticed. I mean, I've I'm my singing my leading singing days are over. Like, leave me alone. Somebody else can do it. Freddie can do it. Um, because I I'm not doing it. Um, I'll join in. I don't know, it's just a weird one. We need to do something at Barnet, I guess. Cheer everybody up. I mean, cheering, speaking of cheering up, let's talk about Yeovil because we don't want to be miserable. Um, Freddie, how was it? What were your thoughts? Um, 2 0 win. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a proper professional performance, really, a proper like her style performance. I think everyone played all right. I don't think ever, anyone played like exceptionally. I feel like a few standout players were waterfall as always. Probably the best player, in my opinion, all season and consistently. I thought Amos had a really good game at left-back. He was clipping clipping a load of balls down the line into Scannell's feet as well, which always helps, who also played well for his 70, 75 minutes that he played. And I thought um, Manny played really well up top as well. For what, for what he had, I thought he did really well. And I put a tweet out about it earlier about falling in love with a loan player, which always seems to be a thing when we... Get, get a good player on loan and they never come back. But from what I've seen already in the two games, I think I think he's all right, which didn't seem to be the first the case when he first came because all the Tranmere fans seem to give him a lot of abuse. But I think he's all right, to be fair. I mean, they said that he was worse than Stefan Payne, which is <laughs> which is very, very hard. Much. Yeah, he had a quiet game at Southend, but so did everybody else. Uh, mm. But he was, he was tidy at Dover and... He got his goal against Woking, which in this household is very much appreciated from this half of the house. Um, so I don't know. He looked quite tidy. I don't know what you guys have made of him. And Bruce, you've seen him a couple of times. Yeah, he looked. He, he like you say, he, he looks tidy. I think, as I said last week, um, I've still not really seen enough of him to make a judgment. I don't think he started at home yet. Um, I think he just came on a sub, if I remember rightly, in the in the last home game, um, and then obviously part-timer that I am. I've not seen either of the two away games this Ooh. week. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I still reserve judgment. But like you say, the, he's got two in two in three or whatever it is. Um, that ratio is probably better than any of our other forwards um, so far. But like you say, let's see what he, let's see how he does over a period of time. I think, is he here? He's here till the end of the season, Freddie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And then I think, is he, out, is he out of contract? Do we know if he's out of contract or, or yeah. in the summer? Out of contract at Tranmere at the end of the year because they seem to want to get rid of him by the looks of it. Yeah, so see how he goes. I, I quite like the fact that we've got these two or three players. Um, isn't Amos the same? And um, Burgess, aren't they both sort of ones on loan, isn't he? And the other one's ours? Or have they both been released by Port Vale? I can't remember I now. Think, I think they both got released. We've got them both for six months, so... Yeah, I think so we'll see as well, saying that he's trying to work as hard as he can to get a long-term contract somewhere. 
I guess if you're somewhere like Port Vale, I don't know how they're doing this season, but they didn't tear up any trees when we were in that league. You know, as a, as a professional footballer, you know, he's now at the National League level. You know, if you want to stay as a professional, you don't you don't drop down much further than where we are, do you? Do you? Um, I think most of the teams are most of the teams are professional in our league now, barring one or two. Tom, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's he's got. To, uh, <laughs> Thanks for that input. He's got, Tom. he's got to earn himself a deal, <laughs> hasn't he? I thought Tom would be. I thought Tom would be full of. He'd, he'd tell like, me he'd reel off who, who it was. Wildston. Yeah. Kings Lynn, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was his bag, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, well, so. I think I could probably tell you who's, who's not. Yeah, I think uh, Dover, Weymouth. I think that's pretty much it, probably. Altrincham, I don't think they're full time. I think Kings Lynn are part time. Yeah. I think it's just Kings Lynn. I think. I could be wrong. So not many, not many anyway. So, so yeah, so, he's, you know, if he wants to be a full-time professional, like I say, he can't afford to drop a lot lower. So he needs to earn himself a deal or else he's going to have to go out and get a day, get a, a day job and play part-time. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that we've got them till the end of the season and they've got a chance to prove themselves. Um, and we'll see where we go from there with them. What was it? What was the performance like then, Freddie? How were Yeovil as well? We spoke. I spoke to the Glover cast uh, in during the week, and they were not massively confident in terms of how the game was going to go. Uh, it sounded on the on online that it was pretty over uh, on on radio. It sounded pretty comprehensive at times, and Town felt very comfortable. I think they had a chance at two, a chance to bring it back to two one late on. Mm. Uh, I don't if you got any thoughts on them. Um, yeah, I thought it was really comfortable throughout. I thought defensive-wise, they just didn't lack any sort of shape in the most polarised fashion ever. They just had no shape. So I think we did really well down the flanks, which helped us. I thought Clifton had a really good game as well and Scannell on both sides. Their left-back wasn't amazing as well. So that that always helps when you've got Scannell running at him. And yeah, it was just... I thought I thought it was really, really professional with it. It was all right going forward, to be fair. A thing that we noticed really early on in the game as well, which there was water in the pitch for about an hour before the game, every time they played a ball over the top, because that seemed to be the only way they went forward was a ball over the top, it just bounced and zipped off the surface. So it won't, didn't really play into their like strikers' needs or abilities. But I thought both centre-halves played all right. I think it's probably Smith's best game he's had for us, obviously in his natural position as well. And in the last minute, the ball came in from across. Croken went to collect it and dropped it. And then Waterfall cleared it off the line. So, yeah, it was proper back, backs to the wall for the last two or three minutes. But overall, I thought it was pretty easy, to be fair. How many um, how many chances would you say, sort of clear-cut chances, we did? Because did we, did we, I saw I saw their manager um, come out today on interview and said that he felt that they could have scored a couple and we only had about four chances. And he thought that the, the quality of our, of our finishing or the us scoring a couple of goals was the difference in the two teams and that's the sort of thing we've been saying about other teams that I don't think we create low I don't think we create that many chances did we create a lot of chances yesterday or was it just that we took a couple of the ones that we did create and there weren't that many still um I think it was a bit bit of both to be fair um Clifton had a really good chance in the first half as well so we could have gone two or three in at half time if I'm honest with you Clifton had a good chance that their keeper saved just came out and made the goal look really small like made himself look big. So in the second half as well, Scannell had a really good chance before he got subbed off and he skied it. 
Uh, we had a few half chances here or there, but again, we just lacked the final ball, really. Like, just passing it around the edge of the box. But Manny's goal was really good. I don't know if you've seen it on the highlights. It was like a half volley or a volley from the corner. I couldn't see it directly, but a few little scuffle and he found himself free. And that was a really good finish, which seems to be what we've lacked all season. And then of Scannell's goal, if you've seen that, that was a bit scrappy. He shot between a few bodies after leaving the left back on the floor. And I think the keeper might have parried it in. It was the opposite end of the pitch. So it was a bit far away, but I thought we took two half chances rather than the clear cut chances that we missed, I think. Yeah, I'm still not, like I say, I, I still, the amount of chances that we create, clear-cut chances, whether it's whether it's we're not creating the chances or we've not got the, the forward players that are, so maybe like you say, the, the new guys maybe you know, he's maybe what we've been looking for if he can, if he can keep that consistency, which as we've seen with some of the players before that we've had, they, they drop to this level and you look at Alan Connell and you look at um, Podge and, you know, sometimes just dropping down to this level uh, makes them look a completely different player, and hopefully that's maybe what we're what we're going to see with him with the with the reports that weren't so favourable, like Alex said, for, or you you know from the from the Tranmere faithful. Mm. Fingers crossed. Anyways, it's looking positive so far. I think I think another strength for him as well is that we've got that ball into the box whenever we need it. If one of our fullbacks, Mitchy or Amos or even Crooks, if he's playing, has the ball, say 30, 35 yards from the box. Um, from the box, rather than coming to feet, Manny's always in the box, ready to try and get his head on it. And I think that's a positive that we might not have with Taylor. That's not. I think Taylor's a very good player, in my opinion. I think the ball just sticks to him. You could ping it to him from 60 yards away and it'll just glue to his chest. But I think with, with Manny, especially because of his height, I think we've just got that more directness about us, which can obviously be a positive in this division, where we can just get, have that out ball to him, where he'll definitely win the header. And I think that's definitely saw yesterday at Yeovil a few times. We'll see what happens. See what happens Saturday then, because I, I want to see now. You know, after after the, the two games have sort of like we say have panned out the way that our form has been panning out. Um, you know, we lost to Southend with barely a whimper, um, and Saturday we've obviously got Boreham Wood, and we we need to, um, in my opinion. Alex, we need we need to we need to start picking up points against these teams that are above us or are in form and not just beating the the lowly the lower teams that are struggling. It's a really interesting one, and one of the stats I'm looking at um, just shows you sort of the the points total that the teams we play against who has the better either home or away. So, for example, Borehamwood away coming up, uh, Borehamwood accumulate on average two point two five points per game at home we accumulate 1.25 away from home so the likelihood is is we might well come away from Borehamwood with a bit of a bit of a tanking um and then when you look at down it though we've got what Solihull Moors they're pretty poor away from home so are Dagenham um Chesterfield not massively brilliant at home 1.9 points at home like per game so not incredible sort of playoff form sort of team so there's an opportunity so looking down it, there's only a, maybe three, or sorry, four, because we play Bournemouth twice, four teams that we're coming up against that have got a better points per game ratio than we do. So the running looks pretty good, and we'll talk about that in a bit, so Tom can sort of lead us out on a, a wave of pov- positivity and, you know, um, expectant um, promotion, both automatic and, and playoff-wise. Um, how was 
I've been asked to ask you, Freddie. Question for Freddie: Thoughts on the goalkeeping situation? Um, it's a tough one for me, especially being a younger town fan as well, because I've only ever known James McEwen being in goal for town. So, obviously, as that, I'm only twenty. So, for that's nine and a half years, I've only known James McEwen being in goal for town. And the switch this season, particularly, I think it's just his last game he played was at Solihull, which. Long story short, I was dead ill at Solly all the way, and I didn't really know what was going on, but a few of my friends told me about how <laughs> Macca was terrible type thing. And um, the second goal was definitely his fault, which I saw in the highlights later on. And that's the last game he's played for us. So, obviously, Hurst might have saw that 2-0 loss at Solly and then gone, right, right, we need to change something, if you, if you get what I mean. And I don't, in my opinion, I don't think Crocombe's such a better goalkeeper to the point where you chuck away nine and a half years of loyalty, if you get me. I don't think that's, in my opinion, the right choice. But if he doesn't see uh, Macca as his goalkeeper next year, I don't think he should see Crocombe as his goalkeeper either because there's this myth myth that Crocombe's like always comes for catches and stuff like that, which Macca obviously didn't do, which I can agree with. He just stands in his six-yard box type thing and he'll try and make the save rather than coming to collect. But the amount of times in this season already where Crocombe's came for it and he's either dropped it or he's parried it or it's gone over him. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it's a double-edged sword. Do you want your keeper to come out and drop it or come out and miss it? Or do you want your keeper to stay on his goal line and them to win a header? So if it weren't for a few good goal line clearances, I feel like we'd be like, he'd get a little bit more stick in my opinion from the general like fans. Yeah, that's, I, I probably think about the same as you. Actually, Bruce, I agree with Freddie. Uh, to be honest, mate, I, I when I think when when Crokem first came in, um, I thought he looked like he was going to do a couple of the things that that Macca has been, um, you know, that people that sort of would would flag up if that you know in, in in reasons why you might change. And I I thought his distribution looked better in the first couple of games. You know, he would get a kick and he'd have a, an accurate kick out of his hand. He does have a big um, old boot on him. And, and 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 it would usually sort of find its uh, its mark, and also as you say, Freddie, they they're coming for crosses. I thought I thought when he first couple of games, uh, or particularly the first home game, you know, he sort of and like you say, we've been so used to seeing the same player in goal for the last decade um, that he would put it, but he would come out and he came out and he. But then since then, I've been to you know a few away games and 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 all the home games and. It's not consistent, like you say. It'll come, and that's great. But if you drop it, then you're in the shit, you know. It, you know, and you. It's so. I, I actually think that I think it's a real shame for Maka the way that this has panned out um, this season, um, and with it being his testimonial year. Um, and it, and it must, you know, it's. It, like I say it's just a shame that it's this year. Um, but I think that Hurst will be looking for a new keeper in the summer. Um, he's obviously lost faith, or, or you know, he's lost a, a bit some of the, some of the faith that he had with Macca, or there's an issue with the relationship or something. Um, and like you say, I'm I'm not 100% convinced that that he would have chosen um, Max, you know, 100% outright at the start of the season. So I I think that that's the way that's the way that that's gone. If it, uh, looking at the statistics, they've both conceded 14 goals this season. Crocombe has lost one more game 
game with him in the sticks. I guess the one thing that stands in him, though, would you really want to risk now changing it? Both him, Pearson and Waterfall, who are now the the sort of the the, the you know mainstays in the back. Do you want to mix, mix mix it up now when we're on such a good run? I, I agree with Freddie and I agree with Bruce. I don't I don't know what Croken brings extra is worth the sort of disruption that you put into the back. He didn't arrest the slide that we had at the time. We still went on to lose what one, two, three, four, five, six, six games out of the next eight. Um, so it didn't arrest it. It didn't stop it. Um, I think it was a, an odd one, but I think Hurst showed before at the end of his term with town the first time around he was questioning Macca, wasn't he it's funny isn't it it's funny how it works because if you remember and i'm sort of going off track slightly but sean pearson didn't play every game towards the end of his first stint and now yeah and now at the moment he finds himself back in one of the first names on the team sheet again uh you know that, that when we got promoted he came on a sub at wembley didn't he it was toto and josh gowlin that played um, but yeah, I, I think it also shows that we talk about Hurst and he's not changing things. He's also got a bit of a, a ruthless streak and he's not afraid to, you know, you would imagine before this season, and I, I'm only sort of guessing, but you would imagine that he, um, that he's had a decent relationship with Macca, um, and he's not been afraid to drop him in his testimonial season. Um, so you know, we say that he doesn't make changes and things. He's 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 not he's obviously not frightened to make it what's what's a fairly big call in our squad either. Quite a few people coming in on and commenting on it and it's well worth going through. So I mean like um let's start with the top. Daniel Randall said, uh, I think a strike on a goalkeeper is a must in this summer. Crocom isn't an upgrade on Macker, in my opinion. Ollie Hodson says I think the distribution is what sets Crocom apart. I agree that he's certainly got a bigger, bigger kick on him. I'm not 100% sure that necessarily it results in much more, but maybe I'm not seeing enough of it. He's wanted to sit back and hit on the counter like we did at County. James House says, any replacements needs to, uh, to distribute very well for me. I personally think uh, the, the Macca stuff comes down to finances. That's an interesting point. Uh, Stephen McCade said, nothing between the two except on the deck, which is a must nowadays. So he's talking, I guess, about playing out with their feet. Um, as Crocombe seems a little bit more, more casual with it, but I don't know necessarily... It's used that often. It's just, a, it feels sometimes like a bit of a gimmick to me. You guys can correct me on that after I've gone through these. Sai Hodo said, is it a case that any goalkeeper at this level is going to make mistakes? What age is Crocombe? Uh, I guess that one's for you, Tom, to have a look at, said Ollie Hodson. Dale says, club legend is our Macca, uh, uh, but unfortunately things come down to even for legends. Personally, though, I wouldn't feel any less confident with either of the goalkeepers. Uh, Daniel Rantle comes on to what I was saying as well. Henderson came in before Hurst left, didn't he? Yeah, he did, uh, and it sort of resulted in a bit of a, 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 a bit of an annoyance from from Macker, who sort of talked about it on our podcast a while ago. Um, and he did come in, so there was questions being asked of him then by Hurst. Uh, How says keepers make mistakes, uh, results in goals. McAtee skies a shot. We don't bat an eyelid. Crocombe's goal kicks end up in the lower fingers half the time, says Jack. Um, I, I haven't seen them. That's, I mean, that might just be because he can actually reach it. Um, Andy Carr says, I don't think goalkeeper situation either way is a problem. Uh, that won't be the problem if we don't go up. So there's quite a few coming through. Thomas said that, um, Crocombe is 28, so he's got a few years on him, but I agree with everybody here. Like, I don't think we could go wrong with either. I wouldn't necessarily change it now because we've now got a settled system. And you'd just be changing it for 
the sake of change. Uh, but I thought that was the case at the time. I don't think Maka should have been changed either, and I think it will sully it for him. I don't. It must be a bit. Um, it must be demoralising being a being a keeper in a, in in Hurst's squad, um, and not necessarily. He's probably not the only one that does it. But with him not playing a, you know, that you've got to travel every game and you're not even on the bench. You know, to, to these all these long away trips and stuff. It, that must be that must be demoralising because we always take the two keepers with us for understandable reasons, but. Then to sort of, you know, right, the keeper's all right. You're not even on the bench when you've gone to Southend and Yeovil and you're going to Boreham Wood on Saturday. I know it's part and parcel of the game, but it must it must get demoralising. I could see Macca. I don't think Macca will be here next season. I don't think he'll play in Persan. I can see him going somewhere stupid like Hull. I can see him going, yeah, be second choice keeper, go sit on the bench um, and uh, make a bit of a packet in the championship i i i would not be surprised if he went up higher but not be a starter i don't know i'll tell uh, you where but sorry to put in but hey I'm not putting in that's fine if you heard tom um i i literally completely agree with you there i think a perfect thing could have been uh if like you said at hull or lincoln where he could go but one thing that i thought i'd add as well about the distribution how i thought you summed up perfect alex about how he's got a longer kick i think his kick is a lot longer but I also don't think it's any more accurate than Macca's. He looks more comfortable with the ball at his feet. But like someone said as well, I think I feel like it just ends up off the pitch a lot. And with his distribution, at one point that stands out perfectly for me, and I don't know if this is from uh, the gaffer or from him, I can remember, well, I can remember quite clearly, it wrecks him away, it was 1-0 down. And he, he had the ball at his feet. And I was thinking, are we wasting time 1-0 down at Wrexham? Because of how like slow he was on it. I don't know if that's just him. That's how he is, like his technique of he has to like roll it out to himself and then take a touch and then kick it. But I just thought it was one nil down at Wrexham away. And it was, uh, as a, uh, I don't know, as a supporter, as a week, I was just so baffled about it. It's, it is an interesting one. It, is it a clash of personalities? I don't know. Um, um, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to rankle and we won't know until Maka says something at the end of the season, I imagined. Um, I guess the other player to talk about, one that I give a lot of stick to, the uh, walking wage packet that is Sean Scannell, who uh, has come out from his coffin like the Undertaker at a WWE Raw event and has come out and surprised everybody. Uh, Freddie, you were there to watch his performance yesterday. What do you have to say on the uh, the mysterious man? Um. First of all, I want to say that he won me £110 for first goal score. I had a 10 on it. So Was that uh, you? Yeah, that was me. Every was week do you put that on? Or is it just nah, a, mind of, a mind out of the blue? Every week, actually, off topic, but every single week I put Luke Waterfall on score first. And I think he scored first either three or four times, and a few times he's been cleared off the line as well. So I'm up like 30 or £40 on that end of the season. But um, yesterday I saw Scannell in the starting lineup. And I was sat in Nando's and I saw it and I thought, he's a man playing for his life, livelihood, isn't he? So I thought, he's definitely scoring today. And I, and their left-back's not amazing. So I thought, oh, go on then, I'll whack it on type thing. And he was class. He, he He's never, ever, ever been a, like, been a battle about if he's good enough. He's always had the quality. I think that's been obvious for everyone, even for the league above. It's just whether he can stay fit and be 100% match fit every single game. And... I still don't think he's fully fit or else I, I do think he would have played the full game because it would have done him a lot of good. But I think he was 
I think he was amazing. Every time he had that ball, he'd touch it down, touch it down, open up, look for a pass. And towards the end of the game, it looked like he was playing like Brazilian football. Like he was just taking the mick with it, nutmegging people, doing step overs. And it, it, it's good to see someone come in after so long, who obviously seems like a proper good lad and just have so much confidence. And I think that's the best thing out of the whole thing, if I'm honest with you. Go on then, Tom. I think that is one thing that you can uh, pick up on with Scannell was that uh, when he scored yesterday, there was obviously loads of pictures flying around of like, you know, five or six players celebrating the goal with him at least. And then lots of um, sort of in recent weeks and particularly after the game yesterday, like players sort of congratulating him on social media for his goal. It does seem like, he is quite a popular person within the squad and it's very interesting that for someone who's been out injured for such a long time um, that Hurst has stuck with him and that he is, he's had the chance to feature in squads in, in the last month or two, um, well, a month or so. Uh, so I, I think Hurst obviously sees something in him and... You know, from what Freddie says as well, he he played well yesterday. So hopefully, him and Manny can contribute to our promotion charge going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rick is absolutely right. I gave him a hard time, and I think rightly so. The guy's been on the books for eighteen months and has done the square root of fuck all up until yesterday, and he's come in and he's done it. And I I want him to succeed. I want him to be great, and I want him to to enjoy it and I want him to push us to promotion but um, it doesn't uh, alleviate any time for them to not get stick because we needed him last year and he weren't there um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one because it's nice to see he's on there Bruce what were you going to say? I was just going to agree really with uh, with sort of Tom Tom finished off the point that I was going to make really that we've said before haven't we we've, we've, we've questioned so many times and we've said he must have the quality because Hurst has shown you know people like your mate Danny out the door um and and yet he's persevered and persevered and persevered with uh, with him um and you know yesterday he's finally maybe started to repay that and and like you say hopefully I there was a quick comment I just saw come up on there saying that uh, you know is he ahead of is he ahead of Sousa um with due respect to Sousa, Scannell should have way more quality than Sousa. It's just whether he can be, you know, hopefully keep himself fit enough to um, to stay on the pitch and, and affect us where it really matters. Sousa's the one you want to bring on after 60 minutes after Scannell's run and ragged, isn't he? They're, they're yeah, a bit terrible. Tear, tear at yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good chance he'll cup his ear at it. I mean, by all means, feel free to. If it gets us promoted, we gave Hurst a lot of stick. Uh, in the last year of his uh, time in the National League, and it worked. So, hey, we'll do it the same. Um, yeah, Jack's in, in agreement. You Sosa off the bench in the last 20 minutes. Is there anyone else that stood out yesterday, Freddie, that is worth a mention? Because we always... we we I don't even think we've mentioned that Harry Clifton paid 150 games for town yet, but there we go. Um, I, I said it earlier on, but I think Amos played really well. Uh, I was going to put a tweet out as well saying about how I can't I can't believe that he got dropped for his height. And I, I can't believe that's a thing in football nowadays, still, if I'm honest with you. But I think he's so calm on the ball and cool going forward that I think he's 
definitely worth even like a gamble on another year contract, say, because I assume he's not going to be on a lot of money as well because he obviously got released from Port Vale and he's playing left back for us and he's still quite young. I think he must be like 22 or something, maybe 23. I could be completely wrong and watch him be like 35 now. But um, I think he played really well yesterday, especially with Clifton in front of him at left mid. But I, I do think that he's, it would be hard to play bad at left back in our system with Clifton in front of him. Because I think Clifton is so good and goes so under the radar every week that everyone just expects him to be a 7 out of 10 every week. And that week, he's not a 7 out of 10. People will be like, he's a centre mid playing at left mid. He is a centre mid playing at left mid, but he's also the best centre mid playing at left mid that we've got. So I think it's perfect, in my opinion, having him there anyway in front of Amos. We've got quite a lot coming in saying Waterfall was man of the match. Um, and then Smith did did really well alongside him. Um, it just seems to have been coming together a little bit. Tom, we've got 20 minutes to go. I think that gives us enough of a run in so you can bump everybody up. We've got, we're one of the informed teams. We've just slipped into the playoffs now. Now, I wanted to give Bromley a lot of shit, but then I looked at the league table and they've got three games in hand on us. So I wasn't really uh, ready to do it yet. Uh, but what are your thoughts at the moment? We've just we've just snuck in, um, and we've got uh, an opportunity to to stay there, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. I, I did that little fixture matrix last week of teams in the top seven or eight, as it was at the time, including us because we were eighth. And uh, Boreham Wood, for example, have already played two of their games in that uh, sequence and only picked up one point. Um and uh Tim Potts are breaking, are they? Knox County and Solihull played each other in the week and they drew. So I think there's definitely going to be opportunities for us to move up and we've got to play five of those teams. Um one of which was South End, who weren't in the top eight. I just included them because they were like sort of the form team. Um so we've technically only got to play four of those teams in the run in. Um, so yeah, I, I, I still genuinely think it's all there for the taking. If you look at the table now, Chesterfield are in second and have played a game more than us are on 63 points. Um, so, you know, I know it's points on the board, but if, if we win a game in Andrew, only five points behind second in the table and our home record is, you know, comfortably the best in the league at the minute. I know Halifax haven't played as many home games as us. But in terms of like goals scored, we're definitely the best home team. On another positive note, I think it was it was quite a nice day for ex GTFC people yesterday. Um, Aurora uh, Edwards. Well, I was going to mention Anthony Limbrick winning the title with TNS. Um, I think when he took charge of the team for ten games, and then who came in after uh, Limbrick as manager? Holloway. I wouldn't talk about it. Holloway, yeah. But we had that little run of form under Holloway, didn't we? When he first came in, it was quite good. And I, I think it's safe to say now that that run of form was was probably due to the foundations that Limbrick set with good coaching rather than... Um, it's also it, worth mentioning that it went to pot when he left. Yeah, that as well. And then uh, oh, Andy Cooks scored for Bradford, who have just been taken over by... Um, Who's, who's the manager there now? It's quite a big name, isn't it? Mark Hughes. It's quite interesting. And then Richard Tate featured in the 
Scottish Cup quarterfinals for St Mirren against Hearts, who, uh, and that was a pretty good game. That was on BBC iPlayer, ended 4-2, but it was, it was quite an end-to-end game. So is Larn v Glentoran, but no one's watching it. I think uh, I think the Scottish Cup quarters are a little bit bigger than Larn versus Glens, to be fair. How dare you? I can't even say that because I'm the one watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite um, nice to see um, you know players who have have come come via Grimsby at some point having some success. Uh, You're not mentioning in, the last one, the best one. Points. Well, I don't know that one. You have to tell me. What about Aurora it. Edwards? Uh, all but consigning Scunthorpe to non-league. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. He got I the second. He got the second. And uh, uh, obviously Scott Woodthorpe of this parish, who is at too many Scunthorpe games for my liking, really. But um, uh, he did get that mention in pretty quickly as he put it away. Former Grimsby Town player or Edwards putting it away. Uh, I assume it wasn't meant that way. Breeze, what were you going to say? He's getting his uh, sad voice ready, isn't he? He's getting his... He's gonna, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to work really hard to be really <laughs> sad when Scunny get relegated, isn't he? Let's be and honest. it's heartbreaking here at Glanford Park. Yeah, you'll leave him ter- sniggering off, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, amazing. A lot of fun. Um, and uh, don't tell them that we didn't warn them because we fucking did. Anyway. Um, what else can we? We got fifteen. Are we, minutes are, we left. are we all going Saturday? I, I, I I'm back on the bandwagon now. I, I think Maisie's got a game in Lincoln. Saturday oh, now morning. we've won, is it? Yeah, now we've won a couple of games. I, I think I might um, jump back in the car and yeah, like I say, Maisie's got a game at Lincoln. It'll be a bit of a squeeze. It'll be just after two o'clock, I think, with no problems. But I'm, I'm a third of the way there, aren't I, at Lincoln? Absolutely. Yeah, you basically you're basically on the North Circular by then. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking that. Uh, I've 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 touched out or reached reached out as they say as they say these days and uh, to see if I can get any any interest in uh, in joining me down there. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping that you go. Are you going? Uh, yeah, I'll look at the bank balance first and what's left in the petrol. What fuel's left in the car? Unless Tom's coming in and cancelling at last minute again. I've got absolutely no chance. Helena's due tomorrow, so uh... oh. <laughs> tomorrow. Blah. Bring Baba along. <laughs> First town game, three days old. <laughs> we, had, we had Maisie and Tesco's at two days old, and this, this little old lady come up to us, and she's like, oh, she's little, isn't she? How old? Two, two days? I was in hospital a week when I had mine. Can I say something really embarrassing? Um, when we had Charlie, I was under the impression it was a bit like dogs. You couldn't take them out into public for about six weeks. Until so they had the COVID jab. Yeah, yeah, until they've had the jabs. <laughs> And I was really surprised that Leanne said, oh, let's go for a walk. No, you can't do that. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm my, trying uh, to bank my points for Easterly away at the end of the season. Oh, and Weymouth. Weymouth, good good little seaside bit. John? And, and, and Weymouth as well, yeah. Weymouth could be a good one, I think. I think that I think a lot of the a lot of the regulars will be at Weymouth. But I'll tell you what, fair play as well to the ones that have done all the away games, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks because they've been to Southend twice. Uh, you know, they've been down to... Um, wherever, yeah, yeah, there was another long one, Yeovil. Sorry, yeah, Saturday. Um, yeah, they've, they've done a lot, and you know, the hard, the, the, the hardcore, the do yeah, exactly. Um, and it doesn't get a lot shorter on Saturday, does it? At Boreham Wood again, 
So um, they'll be they'll be well looking forward to Chesterfield away, won't they? Because some you know some people spend some serious money following the club. I mean, Freddie says he's only missed two games. Um, it's uh, it's you know fair play to each and every one of them that that that, that do all the travelling that they do. The mad bastards. Yeah, yeah it's ex- it's ex- it is. I'm touching on that. It is really expensive now. I think uh, I've been living obviously away from the area for a long time now, and I reckon. I generally only go to games that are sort of within touching distances of where I live. So maybe a, a couple of hours on the train or whatever. And when you like sort of add in your train ticket, your match ticket, I always buy a program as well. Like before you've even like sort of added a drink or something to eat the game, you've already spent like probably the 50, if not the best part of 60 quid just to get there um, from relatively close as it would be for me if I was like, you know, when I was living in Cardiff and I went to say Cheltenham away or whatever, um, and this season to the London game. So like travelling from Grimsby every week, I'd say most people are spending, if they're having a few pints at the pub as well, they're spending like a hundred quid on an away day for a Division 5 game, which is, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It shows you how expensive football is. Oh, exactly. I think I think that Southend away game that never was, I think I, think I spent 150 quid. You know, with 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 an afternoon Bruce in the pub. Just flexing now. Afternoon in the pub. I'm not though. I bloody haven't been since. Can't even go um, to the own game. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get my season ticket. Can't afford the nine X bus up. Oh, thank God. Yeah, amazing. We're not even getting the bus today. We're driving. I'll just drive. And, having said that, to be fair, getting the bus will be cheaper than driving a mile soon. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. But um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully be there Saturday. Back it on really the, back, is, on, back yeah. on Tom's promotion choo choo. Without Tom, yeah, <laughs> Tom's coming. Bringing the bringing the Baba with him. I hope it hope it all goes all right, Tom. We ought to have a sweepstake on the pod to see uh, see how long you're waiting. Maisie kept us waiting a week. What about you, oh, Alex? Yeah, when, when she gave um, when she gave birth um, in in Asda or Tesco, did you get a voucher? Don't they do that? Give birth in there. We were just in there after two days. Yeah, but if your water breaks in in Tesco or Asda, they give you like a little gift card. There'll just be an announcement on the tannoy for the janitor to aisle seven, won't there? No, they give you a gift card. You got Tom. You got to do that. Yeah, get Elena walking around. You know, get her walking around anywhere you want. Is there no sort of like you know walking her into Thomas Cook or something like that? <laughs> just sit here for an hour. They'll be at Boreham Wood open for free tickets for Saturday. Yeah, have you got? There's got to be a program shop near you, Tom, that you could take her in. <laughs> um, I the the other thing that people wanted to mention was this, the uh, town fan who went in the away end, uh, bringing out a town flag. Much respect to that. We are not above that sort of shithousery, and we applaud it. Uh, and we could not possibly condone uh, town fans going to whatever game it is if we don't have a game to go watch. Scunny get relegated because uh, that would not be fun at all, would it? Um, I'm not on board with that. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't care what other people say. <laughs> have have a little laugh at your rivals, but what is going on at Scunthorpe in terms of like the ownership and, and why they're in that position is very very similar to what happened with us. You know, their their ground has been sold um, basically and and brought into their chairman's property portfolio. Um, and that's that's not healthy. That's not healthy for football. Um, and as, ask... fo- as football fans generally, 
we should all be concerned about activities like that, whether it is at your local rival or not. May I ask you a question on that, Tom? Because one of the lines we hear quite a lot from the owners we want to hear right is, we're a custodian in this club. We don't own it. We're the custodians. Custodians would then suggest that a responsibility for the club's ownership as well falls in part to the fans. We have made many a tweets and put put forward many a arguments to Scunthorpe United fans saying, in 2019, 2018, 20, this is simply not sustainable. Call it envy, call it jealousy, call it whatever you like, but the, the clear and hard facts are you will not be able to sustain this level of money at this level for too long. And if you do, when the bubble pops, you're in trouble. Now, I know it's not all of the fans, but it is a, a, a number of their fans were quite happy to come along and not care a jot. Say, we've got all this money in the world. You're just jealous. You're just envious. You're not bothering. You're just a little bad, bad codheads crying. You don't have a clue. They, they're quite as as the same with Berry fans as well. They were quite happy to cheer and go along with the promotion when they got promoted. The, before they got, do they not have a responsibility as custodians of their own club, as we should as well? We should take some of the blame for what Fenty did to us on the shoulders because there weren't many protests. There weren't many people saying, "Look, this is not good enough." Do they not hold some form of responsibility for the way their club is run? Yeah, I think. Um... I think all fans have a responsibility to, to pay attention to how the club is run and ask questions of the incumbent board. And I think that's why the Supporters Trust movement exists. And yeah. that's why I always encourage people to be a member of the Mariners Trust or whatever trust is that is uh, in place for whichever club you support. Um but at the same time, I understand when things are going well that people will turn or turn a blind eye to that or, or not see it. I think a good example that for that was when Town got to the playoffs um, under Slade the, the first time around in 2005-06. I think there were a lot of people then um, who you know thought Slade was great and... The football that he played was great and everything was rosy at the club and, and people laid a lot of the blame at our subsequent demise at Slade leaving and him taking the players with him as opposed to you know, what actually happened or part of what actually happened, which was we were took the opportunity to cut costs. Um, so yeah, of course fans have a responsibility. Everybody has a responsibility. It's like it's like government, isn't it? Your responsibility as a voter is to make sure that you as a constituent get your MP to ask hard questions of the Prime Minister and the incumbent government. Like You should always be asking questions of people who are, are, are running things that are there for lots and lots of people. Maybe we should do a podcast and invite some Scunny fans on and, and maybe even a Boston fan and a, a Lincoln fan to talk about the state of the region. Uh, Lincoln fans can just mute themselves and just watch us all, the rest of us, argue amongst ourselves about who's the shittest or who's had the like a four Yorkshireman sketch. Who's had it worse? Uh, but um, uh, I will not give a shit. I will find it absolutely hilarious when they get relegated. Um, any questions before we go? Bruce? Yeah, I think it's quite funny. Um, I, know you're nearly, <laughs> I, know you're nearly, I know you're nearly wrapped up on that, but but 
Yeah, I, I, funny. So yeah, the, the right use of the word, like you say, I don't, I don't give a monkeys. I'm not going to go gloating on there because I've said before, and until we're above them in the pyramid, I've, I don't think we've got anything to gloat about. Um, but, but it's quite interesting. I mean, Tom said the, the, you know, the the two situations with 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 the previous regime here and with Swan are similar. I think the outcomes are similar, but the way we've got there. You know, with, with the outcomes found us both at the bottom of, of the bottom of the bottom division of the football league, uh, in in in, the, in our regime case twice, um, but it's complete chalk and cheese the way we've gone there. And like you say, they 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 pissed up the family fortune up the wall and got to the championship, and then when the money's run out, you know, it's all gone absolutely belly up, and it's just got worse and worse. And they're like us, looking like that. You know, they're going to go down um, without without much of a fight. Whereas we didn't spend a penny and we just did things like we've done for the last, you know, 20 years without changing or doing anything to the club. Um, and it had the same result. So it's really interesting to see, like you say, there's the, you know, the fans that enjoy the ride while it goes. And we got in the same place by being prudent or tight or how, whatever you want to call it um, and not spending anything. Um, so, you know, somewhere in the middle is where you want your owners to be, isn't it? Yeah, I think Swan was there after, wasn't he? They got to the championship because he was at Gainsborough Trinity before that when Gainsborough oh, got to the uh, Conference North. He still spunked a lot of money, though, hasn't he? He, he said has himself, spunked, he said himself spunked he spunked a lot of money. Lot of I money. think the fundamental point is that it's the, the clubs have been run badly either by overspending or underspending, and, and that's what's got them where they are. Well, um, as long as they don't get one place up, it looks like they might be joined by Stevenage as well, who are one of my favourites. Um, that'll be quite nice. Uh, unless Chelsea, you know, have to be kicked out of the Football League. Uh, maybe they'll open up an extra spot for the National League to come up. You is never is know. there anybody a bit closer no, to us than Stevenage that's that up there? You know, another, another northernish club would be nice. Who, who's who's up there? Are Carlisle down oh, there or are they doing all right this year? Carlisle no, Carlisle down there. Down there. They'd be all right. That's a cracking away day, Carlisle. I'd rather yeah. go north than south. Uh, let's have a look for you guys. I'll just look at it and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, so you've got Oldham, obviously, who are just above That's all them. Right. Oldham's all right. Great away, then. Yeah. Stevenage, Barrow, Leighton Orient. Oh, can I get Barrow away, though? Can yeah, I get people on board for Orient? Middle of London is a lot better than the fringes. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of the fringes of London, we've also got uh, Colchester as well. Who? Oh like my God, that's horrendous. We do not want. Yeah, I might. We might have to get some town fans in the home end at Colchester because we do not want them back in our league if we if we don't go up, Tom. If I mean Colchester are probably the only fans that turn up at Glanford Park this week. Go, God, this stadium's got a bit of atmosphere about it, hasn't it? Oh, that ground at Colchester, absolutely <laughs> horrendous in the middle of nowhere, and it's bloody miles from here. It's horrible. But... I went on a Tuesday night a few years ago, and it's probably one of the coldest games I've ever been to in my life. That was the game where Vernon scored that hat trick on a Tuesday night. One of my yeah. best mates called Matt, and it was so cold to our time when we never go like underneath or in the concourse. It was so cold, we had to go stand in the concourse just for 10 minutes because it was unbelievably bitter outside. Oh, dear God. It's always fun following us. And, I mean, has anyone got anything to add before I close us out? No, I'm off. I've got to go. Perfect. Good luck, Tom. Tom. Well, that Good says luck, Tom. something. Cheers. Good luck. <laughs> See you later, Dad. Right. <laughs> I, I'll just say, Alex, just just for the next forty-five seconds that we've uh, this time, this timing of this podcast is getting better all the time. We're just wrapping, I'm, I'm wrapping up on an hour. 20, look, yeah, can 20, we, can 40 we, can we, seconds to go. Can we do it right? Yeah. Well, thanks for Freddy. coming on, Freddie. 
Yeah, man, thank you so much. And your no. efforts going up and down the country are really appreciated. Thank you so much. Hopefully have you back on as well at some point soon. And we will yeah. end with John Lewis that says, the ch- stuff we're talking about is completely irrelevant. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's irrelevant. We're going up. Uh, and there we are. Thank you all so much for joining us. Freddie, thank you once again. Bruce, thank you. You look very lovely after your bath. Cheers, uh, mate. Thank you all for joining us as well. We will see you all very soon. Scunthorpe United have lost 4-0 at home to Exeter City this afternoon. Love it.